Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schiphol. And that is Steve Jones. And today on the podcast, we have a band that this is this is kind of miraculous, Jens, because it happens literally once in a blue moon uh, that we both interviewed together. Yeah, this like never happens. It, it doesn't, but we but it happened. Uh, it's a band called Armors, and they opened up for Plain White Tees at the Great American Music Hall. We were both there in person interviewing this band. Uh, it was crazy. I mean, I think the last time this happened was. 10, 11 months ago. What's funny is that we joked at the beginning of the year that you, uh, that you would you know push for four interviews this year because I think you did three last year. If, yeah, I wanted to up my game, man. And I think this might have been your fourth interview on <laughs> near the end of the year. There was like an eight-month span since your last interview. Right? I know. I think this might have been, this might be four, maybe five or something. I thought I did, I thought I did four already. Um, sometime like January, February or you, something. You, and I thought we were on a roll, you know, to do a whole bunch of interviews this year. But then there was just a huge dry spell for me and my schedule. There was. You're, you're, you're hard to get. You know, you're a lot harder to get than some of the bands that we have on the program. Uh, <laughs> I'm popular. What can I say? I know. And it was a Monday night show, you know? It was. I try and get you know, make them work in your schedule because actually our schedules do actually line up pretty closely with my child's, you know, custody schedule and your work schedule it's the same thing actually so the fact that this hasn't happened i mean we've had some phone interviews and you know that obviously is happens in you know my, my studio right but mm-hmm. uh but uh, but as far as in-person interviews i don't know how it's gone eight, eight months or whatever without you uh, yeah that's nuts i don't really i don't get it either i mean it's not like i was gone the whole time uh i guess you know it's the bands that have been coming through haven't been coming through during this, you know, three day window that we're offering everyone. <laughs> right, right. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, the, Armor should consider themselves very fortunate to have the Steven Yen's duo interview package. Absolutely. And they were, they were great. Um, lots of energy. Those guys, you know, brought to the table. Um, that was a good time. Yeah, yeah, we got a chance to sit down with Olin and uh, Sam from Armors uh, before their show, and uh, they, they shared with us, I think this is their first podcast interview, so it went really well. It was just a good, free-flowing conversation. Uh, uh, I mean, weaving through their life on tour, kind of the uh, creativeness, you know, I mean, uh, in their band and their music and their approach to their music. I mean, we'll get into all of that uh, really in, in a bit, but... Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun, right? Yeah, those are some uh, great guys, and their bandmates were fantastic too. They put on a good show. Uh, agreed, agreed. So let's get back to that. Let's talk. Let's talk about some other fun stuff. We have a couple things we like to talk about up at the top, and and kind of get into talking about. It. And I don't know, this podcast kind of gets rebranded as the Steve Hunting podcast, which is, you know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how I feel. Well, about well it. that's your thing right now because it is hunting season, right? It, it is. I have, you know, I'm pretty passionate about my hobbies, and uh, this being one of them, concert pipeline, right? And also, uh, you know, hunting. And we had even said, you know, hey, it might slow down a little bit during hunting season. Hasn't really slowed down for the podcast yet, right? So it hasn't. No, it hasn't. You know, and I think usually when we are kind of worried that things might kind of slow down, it's very. Uh, you know, it's just, it ends up not being the case. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I told you 
that I had a, a hunting story for you, and but I wouldn't give you any information about it ahead of time. Yeah, you uh, told me this what yesterday. Yeah. I have been just dying for the story. Like I can't wait. It's uh, uh, to hear the story. I am expecting like insane, insane stuff. Like uh, you accidentally shot your decoys, uh-huh. or your dog buried them all because he thought they were real or I don't know. Yeah. Something uh, epic. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you're, you mentioned you were dying for the story because that's kind of a, the backbone of, of what the story is. <laughs> oh no. So, <laughs> now I'm scared. <laughs> so good choice of words, Jens. Uh, so I so would, obviously you have a story to share with us. Yeah, I do. Uh, and you know, it's probably against my better judgment to share it, but you know, I put it out here on the podcast. I'll be I'll be vulnerable a little bit and share that you know that I'm a new hunter, right? We've talked about this, and uh, just in the past month, is I've just started going out hunting, and I've had a couple of not successful hunts. It's what you call slowvember right now because there's no weather. It's really really smoky also which is not great uh it's yeah it's not great for us not great for the wildlife the fowl nothing anything we need to get that rain going next week too we need some serious rain yeah i tell you the uh air quality index is so bad yeah um that's uh, crazy anyway yeah so uh so it's been really dry but uh i went out on wednesday by myself to do my first ever solo hunt. I had a plan. I had a location where I was going to go. I went to Grizzly Island, and um, I was what you call sweatlining it, uh, which is uh, I didn't have a reservation. Uh, so, but there's a line that you park in. Uh, if you don't have a reservation, then you get in after the people who do have reservations, and they uh, open up 30 minutes after uh, the the they let everybody in who has reservations, even though everybody else is already in, they're not letting you in until 30 minutes uh, after. And so I get, okay, wait, 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 like how long is this line? So that's a great question. Um, the, uh, the reservations, it was a slow day. It's a Wednesday. There weren't a lot of hunters out. I, I don't know what to expect. This is my first time kind of going by myself. And, uh, and so there were maybe 10, uh, cars, uh, in the reservation line, there's two lines right next to each other, right, uh, of cars. And then on the uh, in the sweat line, I was the third or fourth cars. And I got there an hour and a half freaking early. And you know how early you have to get up for this stuff. So, Well, this is like your normal time you get up anyway, right? It was uh, 1.45. I got woke what? up oh, two. that's early. I woke up early, man. It was a long day. It was a long Wait, where day. is this place? This is uh, out Sassoon City. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, about an hour away or so. Um, Yeah. So, about an hour away. So, and then, so you, okay, just let me get this straight. You had to get up extra early just so that you could wait in line. And sit sit in your car, wait in line. Just sit in my car, listen to a podcast in the cold. You know, I'm not leaving my car running or anything, you know, and it was pretty cold and didn't bring a blanket or anything. I could have gone, gone, taken a nap, didn't prepare for this at all. Right. So anyway, that's not the grunt of the story. We'll move on from that piece. And I got in, um, I had two safe spots of where, you know, I had, you know, was looking to hunt and, um, and I'd been to Grizzly Island, but I don't know it that well. Right. Like, I mean, I'm, and I'm, and I don't have, 
an amazing sense of direction and I get in and it's completely dark, right? It's the middle of the night. I love this. You, you love this? Good. I'm expecting the worst. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've already, like I, I get to the right parking lot. I park, I push, get load up my cart, uh, with my, you know, my duck gear and everything, my, my, uh, decoys and my, uh, blind stool and, uh, you know, everything I needed. Right. Um, and uh my blind bag and all that so and i'm pushing it out i get it go through the gate i get in and uh and then uh i'm just a little turned around already from the beginning i pull up the maps and try and find my way onto the you know to the right path Uh, and i do i get onto the right path and then i have to walk for two miles out to the uh you know i push this card out for two miles out to this the spot where i'm going it's pretty deep out there right Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, deep in the property, like, uh, and so I get out there, uh, and there's someone else in the blind that I was going towards and it takes forever to get out there. And, you know, already I'm tied on time at that point. And so, oh, shit. yeah, so I'm at the end of the path and there's a, and it hooks right on a, on a levee. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go a little bit farther, uh, you know, out in the same kind of general area. Because uh, I got to get in somewhere, and I don't know where to go, and I didn't take time to look at the map close enough. So, so I go, I get in, and I get into, uh, you know, I just go push through some toolies into uh, a little bit of an open spot. Not, a, it's not open a lot, but you know, I I'm I'm in some toolies, and I don't even have really enough room to set out my decoys. There's not really any value to setting out my decoys because of the small small smallness of the location where I am. All right. So I just stand there, right? And I have my duck calls. I have my duck calls and uh, and still not doing it on the pod. Uh, <laughs> still not doing it on the pod. Uh, All right. I'll still work on you, though. Okay. I'll still work on you. Okay. Here. We're, you know, we're, we're going to hear those duck calls um, before the end of the year. I can feel it. Okay. I'll, I'll give you one. Okay, Jens? Here. I'll give you one. All right, all right, but you're gonna use like a you're gonna use like a duck whistle. I'm I'm gonna I mean, here you wanna you wanna whistle? I I'll give you. Um, this is a widgeon, I believe. Something like that. Okay. Okay. Ah, this is so bad. Um, this is going to be so bad. I don't know why I'm doing this right now, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Cover your, you can turn your, uh, podcast down slightly if you're listening. <laughs> I don't, uh, turn down the volume. Yeah. Yeah. So. There you go. All right. There you go. Okay. That's all, that's all you're getting. Um. All right. That's good. That's good enough. But next time okay. I want to hear, I want to hear, um, like the acoustic version, right? Oh, no actual whistles, like authentic, you know, vocal cords. Right. <laughs> oh, go. no, that's cool. Okay. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. To all right, all right, all right. Moving on, uh, moving on, moving, moving on. on. So you are, like, yeah. trying to, like, figure out what the, so, what the fuck. I, I'm just, yeah, I'm waiting for first, uh, you know, I'm waiting for shoot time to, to come around. I'm like, my goal, I guess, at this point is that ducks will fly over my area you know and i'll be able to call them around and they'll get close enough where i can shoot them but also the concern is that there's toolies everywhere and uh and these are tall eight to ten feet tall toolies that mm-hmm. you know if i'm not careful and if i don't 
you know, stone the bird, like it can get lost in the, even if I get stoned, it, I could get lost in the toolies and, and not be found. And so, um, and you don't want that. I'd rather not right. shoot, shoot anything yeah. than, than have that happen. Um, like, how do you know, how do you know where you are in relationship to all the other hunters? I mean, is it possible that there's like another hunter in a, in a blind, you know, tw- 20 feet from you and just can't, yeah. Uh, I mean, you see it or? I mean, so I'd, I'd see going in. I would have seen lights a little bit. Like I mean, mm-hmm. and that's what I saw. I saw pe- uh, hunters' lights like in the bl- uh, blind where I was going to go uh, mm-hmm. in the, in the area, right? And so, and I didn't expect anyone out that far. So, um, so I kind of, you know, I guess panicked a little bit and didn't have mm-hmm. a great plan and just kind of settled. And was like, okay, well, after the first hour, I'll move some, somewhere else when it's light and everything, and uh, and do that. And so, so uh, for sh- uh, you know, shooting time comes around. The um, one bird passed by, but I uh, I wasn't ready, and and it it was it wasn't wouldn't have been an easy shot, but it was shootable distance wise, but it wouldn't have been easy mm-hmm. easy shot. So that went. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I did have two birds. I think they were mallards. I uh, like that were flying far away, and I used my call and I got them to come back around. And they, oh, cool! Yeah, and they uh, flew over, you know, over my uh, my little area, but they were just too far out. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I lined up the shot. I could have taken it. I and I might have killed him, but it was like forty yards, and so it was just barely too far for for my comfort, you know. Mm-hmm. And although in hindsight I wish I'd tried, you know, uh, to take it, so at least I'd have something there, right? But uh, yeah, that's far. You never know if you're gonna find them. Yeah, it's a thing. So so I didn't take that shot, and then there were no other shots. I mean, there were two swans that came within like fifteen, twenty feet of where. Uh, where I was, but you shoot a swan, that's a $25,000 fine, Jens. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, I'm trying to imagine somebody saying, oh, you know, what are we having for dinner? Oh, we're having swan. Yeah, no, no, that's like, not I right. think um, that's probably not legal. <laughs> no, I should say not. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so didn't shoot those, luckily. Um, it would be an expensive <laughs> dinner. Uh, yeah. for, most expensive uh, dinner you'll ever have in your life i'd save it for friendsgiving okay so uh, yeah uh, this is we're having steve's uh, go away party uh, yeah uh, this is the most expensive we ever you know dinner that uh he's ever made for us and we're really happy and tomorrow he's going to prison right exactly <laughs> nice to know you guys uh yeah so okay so i call it you know about let's say 85 90 minutes into to shooting because there are no birds working at that at that point the sky is not moving at all like there's nothing in the sky moving and so i'm like well okay i'm gonna call it and uh and also i was going out to the rice blind later with uh uh chris and joe and um and our, our friend daniel um and so my plan was to kind of meet them at birds landing shoot some clays first uh, birds landing which is not too far from grizzly island and, and uh and then we'll go out to the rice blind but i was like okay maybe i can pack it in and then you know get home and help load up all the decoys anyway that's a different story but um so i start to you know make my way back towards where i believe the levee to be and i'm just and I'm, i have my maps application open on my phone you know uh and 
like I don't seem to be making progress towards it. And so I'm kind of working my way in a circle, like around trying to make the, the little icon in the maps application move in the right direction towards where the levee is and not figuring out where I am. I'm dire directionally challenged, Jens. And, and I do this for 40 minutes or something like that. And then I'm just like, freaking out and you know my battery's draining on my phone and uh and i'm like oh no you know i mean at that point i started like 60 percent or something but you know the worst goes through your mind and right 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 you're like oh my god i'm gonna get lost i won't know how to get back and it's dark and it's freezing i'm gonna die out here yeah uh-huh <laughs> so uh so i for like 40 minutes in it's like uh almost eight o'clock at that point 7 45 and uh and so i'm like I got to call Joe and, and have him help me kind of get my way out of here. So I call him and, but I could, I could barely use the phone because my hands are wet and it's cold and the, and the phone isn't like responsive. It's a little wet, you know, which is fine. It's waterproof, but it's not responsive and everything. And I couldn't really pinch in on the map. Right. And I couldn't text, uh, you know, or anything like that. Siri wouldn't work because there wasn't a strong enough internet connection with that. Right. And so I, I'm able to get the phone function to call Joe. I call him. He pushes me to voicemail. I call him. He pushes me to voicemail. I call, I call how do you know? How do you know that you get pushed to voicemail? Oh, uh, you you know. Uh, I mean, because it it's like one ring, right? Uh, but couldn't that mean yeah. the phone is uh, off? No, we don't turn our phones off, Jens. Uh, I don't. Do you do that? Oh, uh, no, my battery just dies. Oh, like okay. my Apple Watch. <laughs> Some of us leave our phones charging. And it's a three times push to voicemail. The fourth time he answers. Uh, and he like uh, his his son had come in the room and he they, he didn't want to wake him and his uh, his wife and everything and so he wasn't answering. Mm -hmm. and, but I told him I was like, dude, I'm I'm freaking out here. You know, I'm like I don't know where I'm going and like, oh I, no. And I'm in all these toolies. He's like, why did you go through the, all the toolies? I told you not to and yeah, like to do that sort of thing and uh, and so. So how high are these things? I mean, can you literally not see There's, in front of you or behind well, you because of all the Well, sometimes toolies? sometimes you can't, but sometimes I mean, other times they're not that they're not 10 feet. They're not all 10 feet tall or anything. Mm -hmm. But like I could see where the sun was rising after I'd gone out from where I, I was. Uh, and so I knew the direction of the sun, but I don't know. The sun wasn't there when I started, you know, so <laughs> that's true. You got to follow the moon, which so, you can't see. So, yeah, so, you know, so I had sh I shared my location with Joe. We had to hang up a couple of times because uh, it wouldn't go through. And, um, and at first he tells me to go towards the sun because I will get to a levee eventually. But he didn't want me to go in where I had gone into the, uh, the water because it was really deep and it, like up to – you know, my, ch my chest pretty much, you know, and I, I mean, to get in, you know, I was like, I don't care. I just need to get to out or to where, where I am. I don't care. I'll swim through, the, you know, this, whatever. Mm -hmm. I just want to, I don't want to go the, any farther than I need to. And I want to go to where my cart is and get the f out of here, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, uh, it's like, Joe, help me from, you know, dying. I so don't care about the ducks <laughs> yeah. or anything. <laughs> get me to civilization. So, yeah. And, it, and at what point he was like, I mean, your, your battery, don't worry, your battery's fine, I'm sure, right? I mean, I'm like, I think it's like it's 60% or something. And then, like, 10 or 15 minutes later, uh, it was down to low battery mode. And I'm, you know, and I still wasn't completely out yet. And 
So, yeah, I was a little worried. But um, I made it out. I, I learned some lessons. I have a lot to learn with hunting still. I'm looking forward to shooting our rice blind where we put out all the decoys. We, we finished painting them the other day as well, and they're beautiful. And we took them out that afternoon and uh, and laid them all out at the rice blind, and I can't get lost in toolies there. So There we go. Yeah. Well, next time, I have a couple things to suggest, you okay. know, based on this epic story you just shared with, right. with, with, with us. Uh, one, is it possible to, to just go – to the exact spot, you know, and just set up the day, like the night before, before the sun sets. No, it doesn't work. And like just that. camp there. No, it doesn't work like that. Uh, no, they <sighs> don't. They don't let you in, and you can only hunt certain days, right? Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday on public land. So it was a Wednesday. You don't get to go in on Tuesday. Uh, why? Why don't they do that? Why don't they let you show up just a couple hours before sunset so you can get set up, you can go camping, and they can charge you. You know, an extra hundred bucks or something. Mm. They make money. Uh, it's not the way it works. I, I don't have any answers for you, but no, no. You no. go you go out. You, you can go in two hours before shoot time in most locations, um, and shoot time being 30 minutes before sunrise. So, All right. uh, yeah. yeah, so so that's my story, ends. Uh, that's your story. But this, the second thing I recommend is that next time you're going to go someplace and they're going to be Tulis. Just bring your weed whackered. Yeah. It's like, that sounds like a great idea. That that won't scare ducks away at, at all. You won't right? scare ducks away. You won't piss off anyone. No. You know, you're just you're you're safety first, dude. Safety yeah. first. People will understand that. Yeah, yeah. And as I was leaving, uh, uh, the guys that in the blind next to me and that are in the blind that um, that I was in, you know, they were surprised I was out where I was, you know, but they, I talked mm-hmm. to them for a minute. They, uh, between the three of them, they only got one bird, one blue ring teal, mm-hmm. and then they, they lost a couple. They winged a couple, I think, and, uh, wow. and lost them. So in the toolies, so that's, that's real, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what an adventure. That's my hunting story. You have an adventure coming up, uh, and we won't spend too much time now on it because I, we'll save that for the next pod. But um, but you are going down south on Monday. I am. You know what? One of the things I was concerned about were the the fires. You know, the fires yeah. we're having up here, the fires that we've got down in the L.A. area. And I was wondering, gosh, I wonder if the visibility, you know, because of all the smoke is – so bad that it's not worth, you know, uh, driving um, south in order to watch a or the rocket launch on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did a quick like weather check thing and checked the air quality, and it was so good. Like yeah. I can't wait to go. <laughs> Even if there's no rocket launch, I need to get out of here <laughs> and just get away from all the smoke. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. Yeah, we'll we'll have you you know report back um, in the next pod about the the rocket launch. And again, your all star footage will be shared. Uh, <laughs> it will be. I mean, uh, you know, I've I've had a lot of really good experiences with yeah. capturing video and capturing audio, uh-huh. and I think I've I've got it set up just right. You know, I've thought about the lighting. I've thought about the acoustics. And, um, you know, the footage that I'm going to bring back from this rocket launch. I, th- I think you got access to actually mic the rocket, didn't you? I did. Yeah. 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 That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That's, an, that's a concert yeah. pipeline exclusive. 
So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Thank you for doing that for the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We need, All right. We need to bring in armors now. Uh, we do. Yeah, we're gonna have a chat with those guys. Uh, before we do, though, uh, we're you know we'd like to play a, a song from uh, from the band from their show at Great American Music Hall. Um, had you? I forget. Had you ever been to Great American before? No, no. I hadn't. I'd never. I've heard about it. I've heard yeah. about it several times, but I've never actually been. Yeah. Um, it was a pleasant experience. Yeah. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, it's a nice little uh, intimate venue. Lots of nice, um, uh, gosh, how would you describe the architecture of that place? Very intricate. Intricate is a good With word. With all the, like, molding. Molding on steroids is what this place is. Yes, and not molding is in the, you know, green fungus or anything like that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not intricate in that sense either. <laughs> the interior design type of molding. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, right. And the back, in the back, it's, the space in the back was good. It was... Yep, backstage. Spacious. I mean, the yeah, backstage was spacious. I've got to say, I mean, we've done some interviews in in rooms that artists hang out in that are about as big as a, a small closet, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And this little venue had really big, nice, they have some space, spacious yeah. uh, rooms for the for the bands. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I've done interviews there over the years, and it's always you know a good venue to go to. I enjoy. Uh, Seeing shows there and also, you know, doing the interviews backstage and everything. It's a, yeah. it's a good little setup. So It's a good place to go backstage and eat watermelon. Yes. And we will share a picture of uh, um, uh, <laughs> one of the band members carrying a tray of watermelon. <laughs> uh, on it was like a lot of watermelon. Yes. This isn't like a small tray. It is. It is. So, um, <laughs> and it's not even watermelon season anymore. Where did that come from? <laughs> right that i didn't even think about Dunno, that maybe it was frozen uh, it's weird right like i didn't even think about that it's not even watermelon season anyway it's like november i digress okay let's uh let's play a song by armors here this uh from their set at great american music hall this is a song called genesis and then we'll get into the interview hi this is olin i'm sam from armors and you're listening to concert pipeline
ever did the college hangout there. I didn't have any friends in that area. But I mean, it's got it's one of those places that has just so many great resources all around it. You know, there's great hiking. The, yeah. the ocean's not very yeah. far away. And, it's beautiful. You know, Mount Baker is like two hours away. If all music weren't in Southern California, I would definitely consider either here, Portland, or Seattle. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so nice. It's just, yeah. I don't know. It's good to look at. The, it's just fun to be able to look out the window wherever you are, like up here, and be like, it's fall, and it's so obvious that it's fall. And we're going to go right. back tomorrow, and it's going to be 80. Right, yeah, right. So you go, go back to the place where there's just... You kind of have to guess what season it is. Right? Yeah. yeah. Which, we're not yeah. getting a winter this year, though. You guys can share that with okay, cool. Which we, I think we, we take it for granted, too. Like, it's a weird, I think it's mildness. It's like a love-hate thing, because yeah. I love, I think the extremes are really nice, but mm-hmm. when we've toured before and crossing the country and it starting kind of hot here, and then, like, by the time we get to New Mexico, it's snowing weirdly, and then, like, we're down in Atlanta and it's mm-hmm. hot and humid again. It's just kind of a... Right. Yeah, I think we take the the stability of the climate down in Southern California for granted. Mm. Yeah. I, and the, the last time you were here in San Francisco was you played the chapel last year. Is that? Yeah. yeah. That was a year and a half ago or so. We've been back a couple times since. Then. Oh yeah. So it's been yeah. two times. Yeah, because we also did we um, Rickshaw Bob- Stop and okay. Bottom of the Hill. Yeah. Yeah. What venues do you like playing uh, when you're up here? This one's pretty great. Um, great American Music Hall and Rickshaw Stop was probably next favorite. Yeah, um, I love just when it's like a stage and the audience right there and no yeah. room for anybody to breathe or anything else. Right, just, nice and cozy and intimate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't this place get... is fantastic. Yeah, I can't believe I've never been here before. Oh, okay, well, the, just did you look at? Did you get a chance to look at the ceiling? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's paint. I mean, it's just it's yeah. a, the it's like a it's really ornate looking. It's, I'm a big fan of the kind of ornate theater mm-hmm. style places yeah. rather than just like the sterile black box kind of venue. Yeah, exactly. And there are a lot of. Uh, venues like that in the Bay Area, which is really, really nice. I'm sure, you know, down in Southern California, too. But. Yeah. Yeah. One day we'll get the Fillmore and stuff like that. The yeah. Fillmore's, uh, you're getting me started on the Fillmore. That's my favorite venue. Yeah. I've, oh, I've gone to so many good shows. There is so much energy there as I've well. I've heard amazing things. It's, it's incredible. I mean, it's just unlike any other venue, so I, lo- I love it. Yeah. History, you know, you're yeah. in there and you look at all the great names that have gone through there and it's like, wow, I can share, you know, I can share this. Yeah, so we should take a step back. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we like jump. We we're jump going just right going in. right in. It's just a it's just a conversation. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we never actually had a formal starting point. Yeah, you don't have to have anything happened. formal. So yeah, yeah, we have uh, Olin and Sam here uh, from uh, the band Armors. Thank you for having us. I just I just waved. Let the he waved. The audience <laughs> waving to the audience at home. So <laughs> thank you guys for being here. Yes, thank you. Yes. And uh, we're backstage at the Great American Music Hall. I should say where we are as well. And in uh, case that wasn't obvious, right? Very yeah. Ornate, beautiful place. <laughs> and you guys are touring with the Plain White Tees. So yeah. tell, tell me how that came about. Um, we got an email saying that we were submitted to support the Plain White Tees, and I didn't think anything of it because we get those weekly. Yeah. And then a couple weeks later, I got an email that said, would you like to open for the Plain White Tees? And we called each other and said, yeah. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. And we showed up and have played now. This will be the fourth show. So yeah. it's just been a lot of fun um, getting to be with a band that we've known about for so long. And just uh, the ability to play for more people than we otherwise would. Yeah, sweet. So how how's the tour been going up to this point? How have the other shows been? It's been a lot of fun. I'd say uh, like so we just did Eugene and then we did Portland before and then before that Seattle. Seattle um, our gear broke. That yeah, was a that, rough one. That what, was ooh, bad. What broke? Uh, our entire system that allows us to hear ourselves. Oh. <laughs> so no one could really hear almost anything the whole show. It, it sounded I think okay out in the crowd, but mm-hmm. we were all like 
really nervous Paranoid, up yeah, on stage because yeah. oh, it bad. felt so weird. Well, it's yeah. like, um, I don't, I, I, I believe I'm speaking for you and I think you'd agree, that's probably the most terrified I've been on stage. Yeah, it definitely was. Ever, because it, there was like a five to seven minute yeah. where Sam was trying to reroute, like repatch all the cables on stage because mm -hmm. just something had gotten messed up. And I think- uh, Like five things got messed yeah, up. Yeah, and then like uh. his keyboard, like the output was non-existent and so, uh, Ray, our, our, uh, our guitarist, uh, just start, I was like, I, you know, I was practicing my tight five, my comedy routine, um, because I had not, we had nothing else to do, and then we just we broke out into uh, to a bit of an improv, and then by the time we were done, it was, you know, Sam was just it like, it sort of worked, it sort of worked, but and, not really. Yeah, I, like, my brain was like this close to just saying. I don't care. It's all over. Just get off stage. <laughs> you made it. You made it through the evening without to it, tomatoes yeah. being thrown, or oh, yeah. you wrote it off like it's a bust. Thank yeah, you, the right. kind people of Seattle. Yeah, seriously, I think they were they were really sweet, and they, uh, I don't know. It was. I think by the end we could hear our, our click track and in the back track, but. The funny Not part ourselves. is the click track, it, the the volumes were messed up, and so every time that it would count in, the, Sam recorded these count ins, and it goes one, two. It literally sounded like one, two, three. It was, it was, it was really so distorted, distorted uh, and bad. Um, yeah, it was, it was all bad. Other than that, we've had Portland. It all fixed itself, yeah. and it was a really fun show. Yeah. yeah, and so and I think and same with Eugene, and I think tonight we were able to get a sound check, and it's tough with these. Uh, this is a four band uh, tour. Yeah, it's a big tour, big tour. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of bands to get into an it evening. Is. It's a late we're show. We're used to the two band tours, yeah, so right. it's a little different. But, but I mean, luckily everybody's. We're into a groove really now. Yeah, just and in time for the tour to be almost over. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's a short, it's a short yeah. one, but we're lucky to be touring. With, they're very, everybody's very sweet on this tour. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell me about kind of uh, uh, meeting and playing with the uh, Plain White Tees. Like, have you guys got to spend any time with Tom and the group? Yeah. Um, you know, it's. I feel like it's. The very first day, it was, there wasn't a ton of hanging out because it was kind of their sort of first yeah. go with, uh, at least on this part of their run. Um, but over the last couple of days, we've gotten to uh, talk to both Tom, Tim, and, and, and Dave a little bit. And Damar. And Damar. And and, and, Shouted about some mutual friends, music. We have set up a bowling competition between bands right. for the last show of the tour. Oh, which okay. Is at Brooklyn Bowl in Las Vegas. So we need to figure out some stakes, something to ride on that. And yeah. Make sure that we win. Are you it's, good bowlers, or are you just? No. No. It's been established, established we're terrible. We're players. all bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, at least you're all starting out at the same level, right? Yeah. I think if anybody makes it over a hundred, yeah, it's a pretty big. One. And then that might even we might even just call it like yeah. we'll, we'll play by the mercy rule. Because That's my threshold too. I'm yeah. like, if I get over a hundred, I'm happy, yeah, right? Like, you we're know, not, yeah. we're not terrible. It came hey. about because of a friend of ours who said he's not that good and gets about 180 to 200 every time. Uh, what the right, hell, man? Right. That's awesome. Come on. You missed a couple strikes, right? Okay, yeah. great. If you know. I can do a ball that's not a gutter ball, I mean, I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even if I only get one. How about pin? the gutter guards? Oh, Give me yeah. the gutter guards. You can get those on. Yeah. You know, then you're really having fun. Trying to keep it in the, in the lane is is important, right? Sure. So. Oh, I think this is this is funny. I yesterday. I no, no, no. It's funny. It's a funny thing you said. It's it's good. Okay. Uh, yesterday we were loading out, and um, uh, Tom had watched our set, and we were you know we were just talking, um, and. Uh, Basically, we were talking, and uh, I go right before he's about to go. I say, "Hey, I uh, I meant to tell you last night because he just complimented one of our songs." Um, he's like, "Ah, but you know, he, he was just really, really, really nice about it." And I was like, "Hey, I, I meant to tell you last night." He goes, "Hey, dude, you don't have to tell me you like my songs. That's not. <laughs> you don't have to do this." Um, and then I go, "No, it's it's not like one of your songs uh, during Hey There, Delilah, yeah. um, which is you know obviously like the, the song encore. that kind of like yeah, yeah they, oh, yeah. they encore whether they put you know it kind of put them on the map." Um, I just noticed that everybody in the room, I, I don't know, there's like an intangible thing where 
all of a sudden everybody is present and they're all in on it together and it's, it's just one of those moments and he was like oh like thank you so much you know whatever and then they had to go and, and, and get on stage and Sam looks at me and goes did you just compliment the plain white tees on Hey There Delilah? Oh, uh, right. <laughs> it was kind of a... Was, I, I guess, yeah. That was yeah. the low-hanging fruit. Right, I, mean, I know. Go on. It's like, hey, dude, like, this song that's like seven times platinum. I know. It's really good. It's good. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. I've heard it yeah, once or twice. Sorry, you're like, a real good shooter. Yeah, like, maybe, yeah, I know. Maybe pull out fireworks or something, go back a little, but no, okay, Hey There Delilah, no. Yeah, yeah I, did, I, I definitely, I don't know. I was a little embarrassed, but I, me I meant the moment was, yeah. was great. He tried. But it, then, it makes a good story. Yeah. yeah, it was, it, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. It, uh, there are alternatives. You could have said like, hey, I love your t-shirt. Right, it's plain. Plain white. Yeah, plain, plain white. And they actually, funny enough, the they got and rightfully so. The marquee out on Hi-Fi last night uh -huh. said plain white tea spelled like plain, like the aeroplane. Oh, really? And they were uh, they were a little mad. Oh, because, because and and rightfully so. Yeah, like, they're the they've been around. Since, they formed in nineteen. They've done their time. They've hit. They've paved their road. They've done. The, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and again, it was all like yeah. in good fun. Of course, like, they weren't like they they just they also thought it was funny, but uh, I don't know. Eugene was. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then nine hour drive here to San Francisco. Oh, or, yeah. And, and so you guys are doing Airbnbs on, on the set. Tell me about that because I, you know, a lot of bands uh, stay, do stay in their vans and, you know, especially, I mean, you, a lot of bands have five guys all right. crammed together. And so tell me about your environment. And Well, the first tour we ever did, we attempted to do the let's just sleep in the van and drive <laughs> overnight. It was actually a shuttle bus at the time. Uh huh. And I quickly learned that that doesn't go well. Note to self, when people don't get any sleep, they're not very happy. And when they're not very happy, they get in more fights and nothing goes well, especially when it's 100 degrees in the middle of Texas in the summer. Right. Um, so we tried doing hotels for a while and those are cool, but you have to park like a van with a bunch of gear right in the middle of a not so great area some of the yeah, time. So if you get the Airbnbs that are remote in the middle of nowhere in the woods, no one's gonna come anywhere near them. So I'm not as worried about the gear being stolen. Everybody gets a bedroom. It's usually a little bit better than hotels, actually, in my opinion. Is it pretty affordable? I mean, are you guys able yeah. to, you guys are able you, to? You'd be surprised the Airbnb deals you can get. Like, I got a great one in Seattle the other night for like 90 bucks, a three bedroom house. It's like, if wow. you, okay. you want to get a hotel, it's going to be like triple that because we've got five people total with us. So yeah. you got to get two to three hotel rooms. So. And, and also, I'm just going to chime in. I would be completely lost if Sam wasn't at the helm with this. <laughs> it's insane some of the some of the stuff you've been able to pull. Like, we're like the hotel rewards cars. Yeah. Like, oh, did okay. that for a yeah. while. We got the free rooms. Yeah, I mean, it's, and so now we've moved on. Oh, I think they're doing a meet and greet outside. Oh, wow. It's going to get loud. Well, we'll get close you, to the get, get on in on that, Mike. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be good. I'm a credit card junkie and all of the points and all that stuff it's it's all my 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 thing so yeah. you're like the frequent flyer of everything yeah exactly not a frequent flyer <laughs> haven't been doing that many flights but oh, we'll get there so they're like yeah. give Say me those platinum cards right exactly oh yeah it's pretty he's, he's also he's just a credit guru yeah anybody needs help yeah raising the door talk, talk to sam so your new single, uh, I Don't Want to Know, uh, tell me about how that came out. It's been a little while since you put out um, some, some music, right? 16 months, probably. Yeah. And, uh, we kind of yeah. tweaked around with putting out some different styles. What was that, 2017 and 2016? Yeah. And, you know, tried a little bit of an R&B thing, a little bit of other kind of routes to go down and just took a step back and wanted to decide what we want armors to sound like and just kind of a... A sound that, you know, not everybody has to like, but at least will be our sound. And we, I Don't Want to Know was one of the first songs we did um, with that. Um, 
and it just we wanted this kind of brutally honest thing lyrically combined with kind of chaotic instrumentals just that aren't normal. I mean, we just wanted things to be weird and unique and not get lost in the mix of what a thousand other bands have ever done. Mm-hmm. So that was the attempt of what we were trying to do. I don't know how successful it was, but that's what we were thinking. I, I think a big part of that, too, um, our collaborator, Ryan, uh, was very, very keen on getting in both of our heads and uh, kind of breaking down whatever walls that were there. And, and we'd worked together in the past, but specifically like with these songs uh, and you know the ones that are kind of coming out and I don't want to know is kind of what what uh, kind of jettisoned everything for us in, in the creative process of this of this next thing that we're putting out um, and uh, I don't know it was just we weren't afraid to like be weird with each other and and just be totally ourselves and I think there's no better way to get to know somebody than to write a song with them mm. and we got to it do Owen and I and Ryan just kind of in a room a little smaller than this one for months yeah. on end and just the possibilities of what can happen with three of us in a room for that long is just endless so oh yeah we lost our minds are... we lost our minds and I think that was kind of that was the intent and I know he like it, it's funny when when you're able to get to that level with a producer or a collaborator where it's just there's just there's just no point no in hiding memories. anything like he knew everything that was going on in our lives and still very and much at it and, and po- yeah, I mean that's the thing like he definitely got like he he knew how to elicit like what I he wanted to get out of us very very curious man he just is always yeah. curious he wants to know more yeah. he just keeps pushing to but that's so good that's you want to ask yeah. questions you know right. I mean yeah that's the fun thing about a podcast is just you know being out there and asking questions and having that curiosity about the music and and, and everything and yeah. in, in your own lives and kind of getting to where you want with your your music it's good to have someone that that pulls that out of you right yeah, yeah. Really and I, I think and then specifically like lyrically for that song uh I'd been like in love with this girl that I uh, I met in high school and, and we we reconnected uh, when and she goes to school uh, you know uh, somewhere up up in the Pacific Northwest and uh, we'd reconnected when we were on tour and it became this like distance thing we were just texting you know just whatever but over the course of the months especially while we were, while this was all culminating. Uh, like it be, I think it kind of became clear to like both you and Ryan that she didn't feel the same way, mm. and I'm like here doing all the work and like being like, no, dude, like, she she loves me too. Like that's just how it is, mm. and uh, and I think uh, and that's just kind of where the idea of like having that ignorance is comforting. Yeah. Because if you don't make an act, like if you don't act on it, then it doesn't become real, but it also doesn't fall through. Mm-hmm. And that was what Ryan was trying to like get out of us and, yeah. and get you know and just just because he knew how raw and how real that was um, in the moment and so he was I credit him a lot for making us uncomfortable. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so based you guys just to go back a little bit, um, you spent a lot of time trying to figure out what your your uh, unique sound was going to be, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Are there certain events in your life or you know certain people or other musical talents that influenced that or um not necessarily other things outside of music that influenced the sound i don't think Mm -hmm. i think maybe outside events are a bigger influence lyrically but in terms of sonically it's just about us kind of wanting to 
forge a combination of something modern with some elements of the past. Like for this, these specific songs, we went back to things like Peter Gabriel and um, George Michael and Brian Adams, just some random influences that were common influences for me, Olin and Ryan, that we could all kind of agree on. Mixed with some more modern stuff like Rostam from Vampire Weekend or Francis and the Lights, and kind of just tried to create a unique thing out of that. Yeah. And, and so talk to me about the process for your, your first EP that you uh, put out. How did What was the environment like for you guys working together on, uh, on that EP? So the Collisions, right? The very, yeah. very first one. We, uh, we recorded that EP with a gentleman named Adam Castilla who uh, fronts the band The Colorist. And we met, he's from Orange County as well. We met at that, we met at a festival uh, called Firefly in 20... 2014. I've heard really cool things about that festival. It's, really it's cool. so yeah. much fun. Yeah. I think, and it, that was we actually, were even there on the early side, like just the third year. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. gotten even bigger and bigger. Since that then. that was the tour that where we we attempt we started out with a night drive, and that's where I think we didn't we almost didn't come back a band, but we <laughs> connected over there um, because we were both from Orange County, and you know we watched each other set, and uh, he invited us to like do a song, and it turned into uh, turned into a, a holy beef. And yeah. our recording back then was a little more bandy band kind of thing with four or five of us, just yeah. everybody playing their own parts, which is just one of many ways to do it. But now that it's kind of just been us two as the core. We kind of just do more, a couple people in a small room and just tweak around with different things until everybody's happy with it, rather than this guy has to play this instrument and this guy has to play this instrument. It's kind of, the lines have all blurred and everybody just does whatever they're inspired by at the moment. Yeah, and I've, I've heard that since 2016, you guys have, uh, you've written at least uh, probably 50 songs at least since then. Yeah. How much, how many of those get recorded and how much, <laughs> how, how much of that is just part of the process for you guys? Well, we went in to record this EP with, uh, with Ryan with like you know a whole bunch of songs we'd written over the last year and the I guess the, the sad thing about it is we just we didn't want to end up none of them made the cut we started from complete scratch on, wow. on this next batch of songs and it's like in a weird way it's heartbreaking but in another uh, not weird way it's like that's just a it, I think we thought it was best for us yeah. and, and for like the sound like they didn't mat they sound completely different if we went and recorded this like we ended up settling we settled on an album really initially and if we went in and recorded that album it wouldn't be it would, it would be the complete opposite almost of, of what we have currently which I, I I'm really excited by because I, I really love how it turned out and and I think we just had to grow up over over the year and like write all those tunes. Mm -hmm. And if they and none of them got used, but sometimes you write songs yeah. that end up coming out pretty quickly after. And sometimes it's just kind of a streak of writing that is really just for the sake of leading to more writing rather yeah. than actually finished products. And there's probably been three separate times as a band that we've had thirty to forty songs and just thrown them all away and oh, started from scratch. It's a complete, it's a complete, we just do we purge. It's Dude, straight. you completely get rid of it. You don't even hold on to it and be like, yeah, maybe we'll come back to this later or anything. Because weirdly enough, it's like we've been told that maybe it's possible to like take snip, you know, take like little pieces of like a chorus here and a verse here. Mm -hmm. But it never, for whatever reason, it never works out the way it wants to. Like when we Frankenstein songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we have adopted a bit of a mantra where if it's not going to make it to the finish line, it's usually pretty obvious but with everybody in the room and we just all kind of collectively decide to like stop working on it. Yeah. It's just, I think it's the most efficient way and that way we don't, and I think that's also that comes with being comfortable with everybody and being like, 
we can look at each other and be like, this isn't because there, there's where sessions we want to be. where we've been working with people for the first time, and it's not because of the people, but you don't want to insult people too early on into knowing them. So you don't want to be that guy in the room that's like, guys, I hate this. It sucks. Let's get rid of it. Yeah. But once you're on a more comfortable level with any, with everybody, it's easier to just be like. Look around. You guys don't like this, do you? Right. No. All right. Cool. And it's All an important page. part. I think yeah. it's an important part of, of, of making honest, like real stuff. Right. Everybody has to be completely in on it. And if, if I feel like if one person is holding back slightly because they don't feel it, then it just, it would only cause everything to suffer. Yeah. So, yeah. And it takes a it takes a certain amount of openness and maturity to be able to to do that, right? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been numerous cases in our past and with working with other people on the less mature side where you end up just working on something for hours and hours just to indulge that one person who yeah. doesn't want to give it up yet. Yeah, yeah. You're not using your time very well and it's not going to result in anything productive, but yeah. just nobody, there you are in the room doing it. Nobody needs to, like, and I suffer from this too, it's like being too precious with like your ideas and being like, I worked on, like, I worked on this and I was like sitting on my phone writing this out and then I, I said it to the room and everyone's like, no. Like that doesn't, that's not cool or, you know, it's just, but it's that honesty that then drives me to go back, work on that verse again and, you know, make something better. And and then next time I, you know, maybe it also doesn't work out. Maybe there's like, maybe it takes 10 times before everybody in the room stoked on it. Yeah. But like, and I think that's the separation too over the last year of writing where I think both of us are a little less, like we're just not as precious with with, our, with the Some ideas. people will come up with one idea that they might think is good and then they think that's it. That's yeah, the right. idea that must be great because I thought of it. But right. if you look at every idea more as just another thing that is no better or worse than anything else, it's easier to kind of separate yourself from it. Regardless of who it came from, yeah. too. Like it just... All ideas yeah. are equal. It yeah. doesn't, it Being doesn't, able to let go is important, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And and so, uh, does the new EP have a name, released time frame? What are you What I are you guys? Oh, got a name. We okay. Think we think name. it is a name. Well, can you say the name? I mean, we could. It depends <laughs> how how stuck how how. Will you hold well, us accountable, <laughs> iTunes? <laughs> Will your fans, you know? Yeah. There's always the possibility of, of change, but yeah. for the moment, I think the, the EP is called Who's Gonna Love Me When I'm Not Young. Yeah, I like it's it. It's actually the first time we've ever said that. Yeah. Oh, so, and wow. now now it's become real. Concert it's Pipeline real. exclusive yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and when when can we see that? When when we hear it, I guess. <laughs> Thinking... Um, February next year. Okay. Yeah. But don't hold us to that. We won't hold you to the name. We have or? a long history of not fulfilling those kind of promises. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the most recent song took a little time, too. I'm little sure, bit, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, are you planning a video for any, like, this, uh, anything? Of Actually, what it, yes. Yeah? yeah? The, the emails were floating around today about yeah. um, the next single we want to put out for it. I think we'll have a video for it. There will think. be a, uh, we think there will be a video. And we haven't done a music video yet, so we... And part of that, too, we, like, kind of hurt ourselves because we've waited so long yeah now we need it to be building that expectation yeah, and like if, yeah yeah if we'd put one out like the very first song we ever did then it's, we'll just start yeah. putting out feelers now letting everybody know how terrible the video will be so we can kind the of bars low and then you, yeah. you just we'll walk easily over it. Yeah. Months, so. yeah, yeah yeah absolutely it's gonna be a somewhat awesome video maybe but it'll be great i think it's all about that under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah, yeah. We'll, right, we'll go with right. that. Have you guys thought about the, the process for a while, and do you have ideas about what the video's going to look like? Or <laughs> That 
The answer to that question is no. No, we, um, we, we kind of just decided on doing one for this next single like yeah. last week. It was okay. like, let's just do a video. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Well, it's There's just, just like a little bit of money that floats around for marketing and you can do a number of things with it and then we just kind of said to each other, let's just put it all into the video. Yeah. <laughs> we just figured there's no, there's no use in just in, in doing it halfway. We're just going to mm, make it good. Many talents and skills, be it singing for him or credit cards for me, videos is not one of them. It hasn't so, been there, yeah. No, we're so we're searching for that perfect collaborator on that side yeah. of things. We don't um, have that talent. That's exciting. And, and so um, I read you said that uh, for fans of yours, the set list that you're doing on this tour is controversial. What does that mean? <laughs> that, was, that was your tweet. That was my tweet. Uh, you um, tweeted that. Okay. We... Both Olin and I and the other two guys that play with us, Moses and Ray, we've all been kind of collectively complaining about how little we enjoy playing our older music. Yeah. Um, maybe partially for the music's quality, partially for the amount of time. Although I, I won't complain about playing a song for a long amount of time because if it's a good song, it generally doesn't get too old. So we basically are only playing less than half of our set is released music now the other okay. more yeah, than half is new songs yep. because they feel so much better to you'll us you'll actually hear everything that's on our, yeah. uh, our next uh, release hey there awesome. you go yeah. get, get it out there early right yeah. so that's a, that's a way to do it and I wanted to share a quote uh, that you tweeted also because you you are clever on your tweets <laughs> and, and I and I freaking love it and so this is one that I had a chuckle with and I was just looking you know looking at your Twitter last night with my girlfriend and <laughs> it's uh, if I had a tinder my bio would be ladies uh, if you're uh, looking for someone who's always uh, unsure of himself, a little bit self-hating, and uh, constantly trying to find the small yet ever-present void in his life. I'm your man. Yeah. yeah. That... Explain. I mean, do I really need to explain? It doesn't need an explanation. Uh, I think maybe that was inspired by the show BoJack Horseman, uh -huh. who I've been inspired by in many facets of life, but there's just that always, you know, unsureness of if what you're doing is right, or if you enjoy it, or the people you're around, or if you're good enough, and to, wow, I didn't know we were going this deep. But um, <laughs> those thoughts constantly go through my mind, both watching BoJack Horseman as well as in real life. So that was my um, attempt to be clever and get real thoughts across at the same time. <laughs> I like it. And I have one final question before we wrap, and that is, uh, for you guys being in a band, uh, how has this uh, either kind of developed your friendship or, um, or challenged it in any way of the closeness uh, that you guys have? Do you guys hate each other? That's, a, that's like a really, I'll, I'll start with that. That's a really great question. It is. Um, Never gotten that one before. It's so Sam, you and I have been in a band since we were freshmen in high school. Yeah. We're almost uh, at ten years. Yeah, we're almost at ten years of like and, and we it's funny, we met because of the band. Yeah. Like we weren't we didn't know each other before. We we didn't know each other and and I think too, like starting out we had very little in common other than Yeah. Ha hello? Come on in. Special guest. Hello, special, special guest. Special. Uh, could be somebody from our crew. Um, but uh, so yeah, I guess it's we're coming up on about ten years now, and so we we didn't even go to the we didn't go to the same high school. We just met through a mutual member that used to be in this our band, high school band and our high school band that started out, um, and uh, it, and it went through like uh, this band has gone through a lot of phases, I guess. It's been interesting because we've also like high school and the period immediately following high school are obviously tumultuous times in one's life. Yes. So yeah. We've definitely both changed as people a lot. We've changed... Since. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, that's all I was We hate each other. Uh, <laughs> right. um, but, I don't know, and I think now looking at it, and obviously we 
started taking it more seriously after high school, um, and then you know we both left dropped school, out of college. dropped out of college. <laughs> you know, did did the stereotypical thing, and I think I mean we spend like every day together. Yeah. And because uh, we were just always, you know, we're we're writing always stuff to do, always stuff to do, always stuff to write. We 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 write like. Uh, uh, I, I, what would you call it? Music for TV shows. And yeah, just like stuff, you know, just some kind of stuff like that. Um, in between the armor stuff, and so we're literally like pretty much uh, always at his studio, um, always working on something. So, and it's funny. I just don't even really give it a second thought anymore. It's like yeah. we're just kind of stuck with each other. Yeah, that's how it is. And for better or for worse. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, too, it's like, and I, I mean it when I say like I would be, especially like on a lot of things, like without you like spearheading the charge and like tour routing and just like hotels and airbnbs and and just like in general too like you produce like a madman like there's just stuff that um you know i i don't ever want to take for granted and i think that uh i i I don't know i'm very lucky so yeah thank you yeah there we go we're lucky to have gotten to talk to you guys tonight we're having a very tender moment and i just want to not a tinder moment but a tinder wow wow yes but uh, a tender moment so absolutely (laughs) thank you guys band armors again and uh looking forward to your set tonight thank Thank you. you very much thank you for having us uh, and so Jens, uh, what, what, did you, what were some of your highlights from uh, the evening uh, at Great American Music Hall with Armors? Well, boy, what were some of the highlights of the interview or the whole show? Anything you want to highlight, Jens? Uh, so what was enjoyable for you that uh, that evening? Well, you know, I think one of the things I really loved about uh, the entire evening was the fact that I mean. This was a show that was Monday night. Yes. Right? I mean, not a lot of people necessarily would go to a concert on Monday night if they had the option to go, you know, on a Friday or Saturday night, right? Yeah. So I really appreciated how packed it was. I mean, there were so many people, and, uh, you know, they even opened up the upstairs and stuff, and it was just seriously crowded. Uh At no time did I ever hear crickets at this show. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with that one. Uh, <laughs> we'll, go, we'll, we'll go with that fantasy. Yeah. Uh, plain white I've never had so much elbow room at a concert in my life. Oh, dude. It was, uh, it was a little sad. Uh, you know, I mean, it, you know, it was it was sad for plain white tees, I think. And we can talk about that for a minute uh, because... We're, I mean, I want to thank Plain White Tees and Armors for, first of all, giving us passes for, to the show to cover. We're going to put up some photos from the, the show on uh, on the socials. But, um, you know, and I used to be a big, uh, I used to be a fan of Plain White Tees uh, back in the day. I like, you know, some of their songs and re- um, gearing up to the show, I re-listened to, you know, some of the stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I like this, you know, sort of thing. I haven't listened to them in probably 10 years. I don't think I'm alone uh in that but uh i mean they're still obviously hanging on hey there delilah um good song we did great song did not stay for that song because did not stay for that song no it was just getting too late and there were four bands that played and this is one of those like where there's so many bands that that are playing and by the time plain white tees came on they came on at Ten uh, fifteen was it or ten thirty, something like that. Mm, yeah, somewhere and, around there. And uh, and so we we stuck it out until eleven, but their set went to eleven forty five, um, and we just I mean had to go out work the you know next we both worked the next day and uh, right. needed to get home, and 
Yeah, I mean, it was like half full, the venue. Um, so, you know, it was... If that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, the, well, the, 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 the top story was closed. They closed that off. The bottom story was... Yeah, it was sparse. Yeah, sparse for for sure for sure. But to what what you said as well, it was a Monday night, um, and uh, and so it's a little unfortunate. And and you know, in plain white tees as well. Like I, you know, I just was a little, I wasn't impressed. And like on our drive home, um, you know, I was like, they used to have more life in them. I've seen them live before, and. You know, and they just didn't deliver on. You know, granted it was a Monday night, but guess what? You got to bring your A game every show. You have people paying, paying for your tickets yeah. and coming out, and fans uh, that are supporting you s- still, right? And yeah, yeah. and want to. They were they were so much more mellow yeah. than I was anticipating. They, they weren't really a rocking band. They weren't rock band really anymore. But, and but I showed you. I mean, on the way home, uh, like I was like, I pulled up footage from an iMusic cast show, a venue in, that used to exist in Oakland back in the day, and uh, and they, you know, were rock band back then. They put an effort in. They moved around on stage, and that didn't happen a lot at uh, at this show. Yeah, yeah. And I was wondering if, why that was. You know, I was wondering. Well, maybe they were just having a an off day or maybe this is just what they're like, you know, live now. They were talking about how they were still functioning in the central time zone. Um, so, you know, they were sort of two hours more tired than everyone else was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But, yeah. uh, uh, and the lead singer, uh, Tom, like, I mean, I've seen him before. Uh, and like when he was even on stage, I didn't recognize him at first, which is weird because I, could pull him, pick him out of a lineup, but he'd gained some weight. Uh, he also had this uh, a mullet with you know black and blonde hair, uh, you know combined, right. and you know just kind of washed up, uh, really. Which um, you know again, kind of you know just sad a little bit. You know I don't know, <laughs> but one of the one of the highlights for me, Jens, was after the show. After uh, we dropped off from my girlfriend at her Airbnb she was staying at. She came with us, by the way, to the show. We all had fun, um, even, you know, despite that. Um, and uh, and then uh, driving home, you, you set the in your car the, the uh, parameters for the directions to go take us back to your, your house uh, over the Golden Gate Bridge. And, and the Siri through your car kept, you know, you kept fighting you on the directions that uh that you were taking do you remember this uh, yeah yeah i remember this because i have the same problem with the navigation every time i try to go home uh when i'm in san francisco because it just it always wants me to go through the east bay uh-huh. and even though it might be a minute or two shorter i'd rather just not do that because well, it's so much fun going over the golden gate bridge so i always ignore siri uh-huh. what, you know by the time i get to the bridge it reroutes me the fi- the, the, the you know the right way but you but you turn it on nonetheless and uh, and this time I mean this time at least I don't know about typically but this time I, I pull it up on my phone after it's rerouting and rerouting and routing and you're like fuck you bitch you know yeah it like, was being really like, annoying and obsessive and I'm like it's usually not this bad I put it on, <laughs> on my phone to see okay why is she fighting so hard against this because I know you know yeah we want to go over the Golden Gate Bridge but uh, uh, but I look it up and the Golden Gate Bridge is all but shut it's like extreme delays and you know and everything it's like just one big red line of traffic on the map 
so, right across the water. So <laughs> it would have saved us at least 25 minutes or something to just go over the Bay Bridge. Yeah, thank you for double-checking <laughs> on your phone because we would have been screwed. Which we ended up having to do anyway. So we probably lost the you know 20 of the 25 minutes, but it <laughs> provided a good comic re- relief for the story. So, Well, the, the funny thing is when you said, hey, you know, you were going to share a story about this concert, and then yeah. you started talking about after the concert, I thought you were going to talk about the camera. Oh, no, no, no. We don't need to talk about the camera. <laughs> uh, I thought we were going to talk about that really crazy, freaking expensive camera uh, that you brought to the show and dropped twice on the concrete. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> the, the camera is probably 10 or 12 years old and uh, edits traces and and, uh, and no, you know, no excuses at all because I own – you know I own my shit. Uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely felt bad, you know, because, I, like, I opened the camera bag and I don't know. There was a spring under the camera or something because, like, the lens popped out once and the, the camera, like – popped out another time or something and i mean they both held up and didn't break and were fine so i would have absolutely bought her another one if uh you know if i broke it because i would have felt so bad even though she doesn't use it anymore <laughs> but uh I, I was waiting for like number three like uh, okay let, let, let's i need to see steve drop it one more time and just get slapped <laughs> like i want to see tracy slap like Oh my god! I'm super careful with things, especially if they're not mine, right? Like, you know. But yeah. but I opened it and it just fell. I fell out, and I'm like, I don't know what what can I say? It just it fell out, and it I apparently wasn't careful enough. So that's yeah. Okay. Well, I think well, it, was, it was late, and I think you were ex- exceptionally sleep deprived. Um, oh, there's that. There's that <laughs> too. Out of it anyway. That happens sometimes yeah. uh, with me. <laughs> but uh, yeah. One zombie mode. Good times, funny. Anyway, totally good times. Yeah, totally good times. Yeah, thanks to um, Armor and the plain white tees. Plain white tees, (laughs) and it's funny because I had like the next day I met somebody. uh, Total, just random conversation with someone uh, who was you know a big fan of bands, and she just happened to talk about you know how much she loves. The plain white tees. I'm like, are you fucking serious? I just saw them like two nights ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you tell her how washed up they were? Nope. Okay, kept that out. <laughs> you enjoy, you enjoy that. So. Yeah, yeah. She obviously had very fond memories of you know their hits way back when. So I, I didn't want to taint, you know, didn't want to taint that. No, good call. Um, <laughs> okay, let's play one more song by uh, Armors from their set at Great American Music Hall, shall we? Yes. Okay, this is a song called Who's Gonna Love Me When I'm Not Young by Armors from their set at Great American Music Hall. Here it is. I've been thinking that I can't really no more since I quit drinking. Now you don't come to my door. All the late nights that we stood on top of it, exploited our rights to be stupid.
is Who's Gonna Love Me When I'm Not Young by Armors here on Concert Pipeline. And Jens, that takes us to your favorite segment of the podcast. What is it? My favorite segment, Steve, is Music News. That is correct. All right. Uh, We each have a couple of stories. We'll uh, ping pong back and forth. That's kind of how we roll with this. We talk about them a little bit. Um, Yeah, we have some uh, uh, interesting stories today, I think. Um, So I'll I'll start it out. Uh, My first story uh, has to do with uh, Journey's former lead singer. Do you know who that is? Yeah. It's Mr. Steve Perry. You're correct. Uh, and so um, he's uh, recently made his return to music after a long absence, but uh, the, the singer has reportedly taken legal moves to block unreleased music from the 1990s uh, from seeing the light of day, Jens. What? Right? Uh, Wait, say that again? He's blocked. Uh, he's taken legal moves to block unreleased music from the 90s. Uh, from seeing the light of day. Yeah, because this person is like really embarrassed that they wrote this. <laughs> I don't know. I think he. Uh, I don't know if he'd make money off of it or something because he's not in the band anymore. Let's uh, I'll di- let's dig in a little bit deeper into the story. He's filed a lawsuit seeking an injunction injunction prohibiting the release of music from a 1991 collaboration with a musician named Phil Brown, and is seeking unspecified damages, according to the Blast. Uh, website says that uh, they've obtained court documents, which which court was not specified in the article, uh, and the suit allegedly claims that Brown's manager took to social media to promote the release of an album that would include unreleased demo tracks that were recorded on an 8-track tape recorder. Uh, wow. Yeah, so they report that the lawsuit makes the allegation uh, that the defendant deceptively associating Perry with Brown and his band, falsely implying that uh, plaintiff is a member of Brown's band and threatening to release certain old vocal performances of Perry as part of Brown's band's release, even though Perry owns all the intellectual property rights in said vocal performances. Uh, Brown's, uh, uh, Brown abandoned any claim to those performances in 2002, and Perry has repeatedly demanded that Brown not release the works. Wow, man. Yeah. So, Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine that? It'd be really cool. Yeah. It'd be really cool to hear some of that old stuff. Yeah, it'd be pretty neat, pretty neat, but uh, I don't think we're going to. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, even if it sucks, it would be fun to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun to just hear, you know, I mean, especially because he doesn't want it to see the light of day, right? Like, Yeah, it's like that really makes people curious. I'm like, what is going on with these performances? What does he not want to share, you know? So, yeah. It's interesting. So, uh, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, gosh, I don't know. Who knows? It, it's a midnight train going anywhere is what it is, Jens, okay? It is. Yes. That was a really good – I like how you tied that in. I yeah. see what you did there. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, that involved some, like, some serious thought. Nah, didn't take much on my part, actually. So <laughs> it just rolls off. I can, I can do this all day, okay? So. <laughs> all right. You done with that story? I am. Hit me. Okay. I've got a story about – 
this dude who's recovering from a hospital procedure. Ooh, who is that? It is Brett Michaels. Oh, okay. He's in the hospital. And I know he had cancer like about 10 years ago or something. Uh, he did, I guess. That's a good question. Well, uh, to back up a second, so Brett Michaels is the front man for the band Poison. And um, it was uh, revealed that he was recovering from a medical procedure after being discharged from the hospital this past Wednesday. Uh, uh, let's see. So Michaels was forced to pull out of a performance on Sunday in Greenville, Tennessee, due to kidney stone pain and mm. underwent a procedure in the hospital. That I have heard. Not hurts. fun. But, yeah, those are not fun. Right. Yeah. Like excruciating. I'd like to know how they compare to giving birth. Oh, I thought you were going to say giving birth. Yeah, right. Pretty comparative is what I hear. Is uh, yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, so Brett wrote on his official website on Thursday, "I was released yesterday after a successful procedure called fuck um, called fuck litho lithotripsy." Okay. Lithotripsy. We'll go with that, I'm, sure. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, which was painful, but worth it. I'm not 100%, but I will be soon. The staff and doctors were incredible. Your well wishes and prayers helped as kidney stones are one of the most painful things to experience. That in birth, as we've just determined. Yes, equally. Okay, so according to John... Uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, the procedure is totally non-invasive, so the skin, you know, isn't pierced at all, um, and uh, the procedure is used to treat kidney stones that are just too big to pass through, you know, yeah, the path that urine normally passes through to exit your body. I mean, how big is that? I mean, we're talking golf balls. Like, oh I need God, marbles. No, like, how big oh, are these things? Don't. Oh, I don't want to even think about it, dude. I just. Uh, uh, I mean, can you imagine pissing out no. something that's the size of I don't know a pea, like a pea, or a a lentil, or like a nothing. I want nothing to you know of any uh, substance to come out of a there. A piece of corn. <laughs> oh my God, no. The baby uh, carrot. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Okay, that's fucked up. Oh, dude. No, yeah, what are the vegetables? No, I'm gonna go. <laughs> you know what? I think um, I would. I think this treatment is awesome. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I wouldn't really care how expensive it would be because it would just – I wouldn't want the trauma of, like, watching myself, you know – Yep. piss out peas and carrots and and shit i mean that's traumatic yeah no oh man i just uh, a pass like so i'm ptsd for the rest of your life you'll never be able to watch yourself pissing yeah literally p t s d <laughs> oh yeah anyway. oh brett michaels thinking good thoughts for you man hopefully recovery yeah man if i ever have kidney stones i'll think of you dude while we're talking about someone who is ill um Fleetwood Mac were forced to postpone a pair of Canadian concerts earlier this week after singer Stevie Nicks came down with an illness that prevented them per from performing. Um, oh. Yeah, according to Billboard, the band advised fans of the situation just hours before they were set to take the stage at Rod Rogers Place in Edmonton. 
uh, Alberta on November 10th, while also shutting down plans for a November 12th show in Calgary. Uh, so sorry we couldn't play for you tonight in Edmonton, uh, but uh, we had to protect the wondrous force of nature that is Stevie's voice, wrote guitarist Neil Finn in uh, yeah. a sense-deleted tweet. Why did he delete it? Um, we'll, uh, we'll be back in April better than ever. Um, and so fans can use their tickets for the pair of canceled shows and the band returns to perform in Edmonton in April. They, they've already apparently rescheduled them. They don't waste any time doing that. That's... That's great, but it's always just so far away when they do that. So, uh, like, it's it's just crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, Nuts. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, hopefully she's, you know, going to be feeling better soon, and they'll be able to continue on the road. Got to take care of Yeah, I know. Got to take care of that voice. She's got that amazing, amazing voice, um, and you definitely don't want it to do anything to screw it up, right? Yes, this is true. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is that done? Are you done with that story? I'm, I'm good with that one. Yeah, you can carry on. So you were just talking about Steve Perry before Stevie Nicks. Steve Perry, Stevie Nicks. Yep. This is so confusing, dude. Okay, we've got Steve Perry. We've got Stevie, right? Yeah. Steve and Stevie. Stevie Nicks. And then we've got another Perry who I'm going to talk about. The other Perry. Mr. Joe Perry. Ah, oh, okay. It's all coming but together. Then, it's all linked But together. then you know what's weirder is that we've got Steve and Joe. Oh. The, the former, the okay. former uh, concert pipeline host. Pop, uh, concert pipeline gang. Look at that. See? Look at Crazy, this. Crazy, all these parallels. This man. is an I'm inception level of uh, <laughs> of yes. connections you're building here, Jens. There are so many levels of cognition happening right now. Um, anyway, let's talk about Joe Perry. Uh, he So we talked last time uh, about his health. Um, he was hospitalized, so let's follow up on that. Let's do. Um, all right, so Joe Perry, who is, of course, the guitarist for the great band Aerosmith who I've never seen and I feel awful about that um, so Joe's sharing an update with fans via social media on his status following an incident at a Billy Joel show in New York last weekend the guitarist collapsed backstage and was treated by paramedics before being rushed to the hospital minutes after performing the band's 1975 classic Walk This Way with Joel at Madison Square Garden on November the 10th. Yeah. So uh, Perry tweets, doing well. Thanks for all the love and support. Um, let's see. So uh, following a guest performance during Billy Joel's show last night at Madison Square Garden, Joe Perry experienced shortness of breath, um, and he was treated backstage by paramedics who gave the guitarist oxygen and used a tracheal tube to clear his airway before taking him to the hospital. So he's doing uh, better then. Is he's it? doing better. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely doing better. Yeah, we were we were worried about him, and uh, we were wondering if this was just kind of like a one-time thing, or you know, part of a bigger picture. Um, so it's good to it's good to hear that he's uh, 
on the men. All these older rockers, I mean, you know, it takes a toll on your body, but they keep doing it, and they're they're getting out there, and they it doesn't stop them. He's going to be out before you know it, and continuing to play shows, and so many are play until the end. You know, I yeah. Mean, really, is this yeah. something you think you would retire at some point? And and some bands do say they're retiring and take a four year retirement tour, and then you know come back and you know do another retirement tour twelve years later. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. But some just play until the end, and it's in their blood, and it's what they do. And I mean, mm-hmm. and it's so great to see you, and you know that passion. You know, as long as they're still making music and doing what they love. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah, well, good. Well, I have one more story uh, for you, Jens, and it's uh, to close us out, and it's uh, kind of a two-part story. Uh, I know you uh, can't go an episode of Concert Pipeline without some news about a certain rocker. Um, yes, yes, you've got another classic Dave Grohl story to share with us. I do, I do. But first, before I get into a full Dave Grohl story, I'll start with Foo Fighters, and um, and they're just a piece of the story. So, so I found the story first, and I, I mean, I'd heard it, and I'd known it, so I was like, okay, I'm going to bring this. But then short, right before we started recording, I found a better Dave Grohl story. Uh, like, it, I don't know how, but there's always a really great Dave Grohl story every freaking week, and uh, and without fail. We'll get there. Uh, so this story is about a Chris Cornell tribute concert uh, that's that's going to be happening. Um, and Metallica and the Foo Fighters are going to lead an all-star uh, lineup of rockers to honor uh, late the late Soundgarden singer Chris Cornell with a tribute concert in early January. Um, the, um, I Am the Highway, a tribute to Chris Cornell, will take place at the Forum in Los Angeles on Wednesday, January 16th. Uh, it's going to be hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Um, and then it's mm-hmm. going to be f- uh, feature performances from the members of Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, and Audio Slave, Ryan Adams, and many more. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's going to benefit both the Chris and Vicky Cornell Foundation and the uh, Epidermalosis uh, uh, Belosa Medical Research Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to raising funds for the painful uh, genetic disorder which Chris Cornell supported. Um, we're honored to have these amazing, amazing artists and friends come together to pay tribute to it, uh, and show their love and appreciation for Chris, his music, and the mark he's left on the world, says Vicky Cornell. Uh, uh, we look forward to sharing the night with all the fans. Foo Fighters and Metallica in the same evening. I mean, that is a rock show if ever I saw one. And they're going no, to be playing, I'm sure, covers of Chris Cornell's stuff. Oh, that would be so awesome to be down there. For that would be so, so awesome to go to. Yeah. Wow, cool. So that's so that's the first part. Great. We got some Foo Fighters news in. We got some Dave a little sprinkle of Dave Grohl. No, Jens, I got a better story for you. You ready for this? I'm already so wowed, man. I can't even be more wowed. We talked earlier, Jens, about all the smoke in the air, all how bad it is, how hard it is to breathe. Uh, people, you know, people are dying and, and and everything, both Northern California, Southern California. It's not pretty right now in our uh, beautiful state of California. Well, Dave Grohl delivered a barbecue to California Foo Fighters, Shans. Foo Fighters or firefighters? The, ah, the, the, the Dave Grohl <laughs> provided, uh, provided a barbecue to fi- Foo Fighters. Foo Firefighters. 
<laughs> I can't do it. It, it. It's not flowing right, but it's the firefighters. There you go. Yes, uh, I like it. The the triple F. Uh, and he visited five Los Angeles area fire stations this week, but he didn't arrive empty-handed. He uh, delivered barbecue to feed the firefighters who were tirelessly battling uh, blazes raging across the state. Uh, and so, uh, it was awesome to uh, get a visit tonight from Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, wrote the Los Angeles County Fire Station 68 on Instagram. He also treated us to some of his own uh, backbeat barbecue. Thanks, Dave. It was excellent. Station which serves the city of Casablancas and Hidden Hills posted a photo with Grohl and others posing in front in front of a fire truck. Um, and he didn't uh, deliver just any barbecue to some of the heroes fighting wildfires in the southern part of the state. He smoked it himself, Jens. Nice. As part of his new I love how he puts in the effort. You know, he's got the thought and he's doing the, you know, he's, he's giving it his own, you know, sweat and tears. He is. He is. And as part of his new backbeat barbecue venture. Uh, it launched, uh, launched on social media channels this fall, the, his barbecue project. Um, and he expressed interest in learning the tricks of the trade before in a May interview he had. But he, what he said was, I've spent far too long lost down a YouTube wormhole watching videos on how to make the best spice rub for the perfect brisket. When I get back to L.A., I'm taking a butchery course. Remember, I think we <laughs> talked a, like a couple months ago about a barbecue story he uh he had also so oh um yeah so that's uh that's pretty pretty awesome um the fire captain kevin Harmon of los angeles county fire station 68 told cbs news probably the best barbecue i've ever had a lot of people said that uh so um dave yeah i mean dave said uh, to all the los angeles fire department and la county fire department heroes we met last night thank you uh it was an honor to cook for you so well how fun Ah, that guy. How fun. That guy. Yeah, that guy. I mean, he's amazing. You know, but I mean, in all honesty, if he if he came over to my house and he, you know, he made dirt for me and I ate it, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is the best dirt I've ever had because it's Dave Grohl and he's there, you know, in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all e- good. Exactly. Uh, so uh, so that's that's a story. That is Foo Fighters. That's our music news. Um, before we wrap, uh, we're going to play one more song. Uh, we're going to play a song from, uh, from Plain White Tees from, uh, from the evening. But I want to let you know who we have on the podcast next weekend's. Um, it's, it's, tell us. It's someone, someone worthy of signing the concert pipeline banner. It is. Yes. Ooh, these are the concert pipeline elite here covered it coveted space on that banner but i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it okay so <laughs> uh, uh-huh. and uh and so this is uh a musician who's uh sold um sold i mean i'm sure is platinum level with uh his former band um let me let me see how much platinum level they are uh uh, uh second here uh looking at their discography yes they they have they have multiple albums that have gone platinum double platinum quadruple platinum uh i mean they've put out they've been around for years i mean uh as as a band he's no longer in that band but he plays uh some of their songs as his uh solo set 
uh, as well. Uh, their first album came out in 1992, so they are staple of the 90s, uh, uh, but still around. We had actually their bassist on the podcast, I think, last year, uh, Jens, on a phone interview. Um, and do you, is this ringing a bell at all? Canadian band. Dang, very vaguely. Canadian band. Um, and uh, his name is Stephen Page. He is the former co-lead singer of the band Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. So I'm going to be interviewing him in Sacramento. If you're on your way back from the shuttle and want to make it and uh, <laughs> by 4, 4 p.m. Uh, on Monday, then uh, you're welcome to join. But... Uh, but yeah, so that's happening Monday. So next week on the podcast, uh, we'll be bringing you uh, Stephen Page from uh, from Bare Naked, formerly of Bare Naked Ladies. He's got solo stuff as well now that uh, that he's doing. So you can check that out. Um, well, cool. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. So, uh, so that's our show for today, Jens. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. And I'm sure the only thing that can make you feel better is to hear a song from Plain YT's set at Great American Music Hall. We will scratch that itch. It is. This is a song called One, Two, Three, Four by Plain YT's. For all of us here at Concert Pipeline, that's Jen Schiphol. And that is Steve Jones. We'll catch you next time. How are you guys feeling on this Monday night? <laughs> feeling like it's Friday night. That's the goal, isn't it? Anyway, with the Play YTs, it's awesome to see you guys. Thanks for coming out tonight. Having a lot of this next song, though, is an old song I want to dedicate to everybody in the room hanging out with the Play YTs. We love you guys. This song's for you. One, two, one, two, three.